The final season of Power Book 2, Ghost, begins. And for Tariq St. Patrick, it's the moment of truth. In the wake of being betrayed, pushed out of the drug game, and almost killed, Tariq is out for revenge. Will he prove to be like his father and do whatever is to be done to protect his family in his future? Or is he his own man? Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now only on Stars and the Stars app. State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help with funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. Welcome to Checking In with Michelle Williams, a production of iHeartRadio and The Black Effect. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams. 2020 has been trying, okay? And for 2021... We haven't even gotten into the year and it's kind of been bonkers. But I really want us to come together as a community to support each other, lean on each other and inspire each other. We have come through times of hardships and we shall always prevail. So I can't wait for you to hear my next guest with her words of inspiration and power right now on Checking In with Michelle Williams. This is a really important podcast I'm sharing with you today. This podcast is definitely based on my mental health journey. Um, it's also based on the book of the same name. But today, my guest, Ilyasa, she has me um, checking back in on my journey of faith. Today's theme of strength and as a community. And I believe you guys are going to hear some inspiring words from this amazing, powerful guest that will help us continue to prevail through these difficult times in our country and in the world. This uh, recording today is something very special, something very spiritual. My palms are sweating because I have the privilege and the honor to have Ilyasa Shabazz checking in with us today. Ilyasa is an author, an educator, professor, an activist, and she is the daughter of Malcolm X and Betty Shabazz. Y'all, please welcome Ilyasa Shabazz. Oh, thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here with you, Michelle. I was really looking forward to this because I thought this was going to just be relaxing, living room kind of conversation. And oh, I tell you, it's been a long year. So I was uh, looking Ooh. forward to it. <laughs> Not a long day. It's been a very long year. 
It's been a long year and we are two months into the new year. And in this new year, you released a book in January called The Awakening of Malcolm X. And it is an account of his adolescent years in prison. And I know that this is what you've been doing all year long. Not only all year long, you've been doing this all lifelong. Yes, I have. I've been doing this for a while. And, you know, I've had many people ask me, when did I know I was going to step in my father's shoes or or something like that? And, you know, it's definitely not stepping into anyone's shoes. It's not taking someone's legacy. It's the way my mother raised her yes, girls. She always said to me, Elyasa, just as one must drink water, one must give back. And, you know, she was this example, in spite of having six daughters, that we felt comfortable enough when our girlfriends had questions. If I didn't have the answer, I knew my mother had the answer. Mm. So we always, you know, we would bring our friends over to ask my mother questions that we needed answers or encouragement or solutions. And she was just always there. And so someone who has such compassion, trust, love, all so unconditional makes it easy for you to be the same. And so here you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, literally, I was telling um, your publicist, I said, thank you so much. You know, we have an hour. And I was like, this conversation could easily go into two hours because I keep finding questions and things to ask. And you kind of went into something that I wanted to ask you saying, um, I wasn't even going to ask this soon in, in our conversation, but did you ever feel pressure to keep up the legacy of your parents, Malcolm X and Betty Shabazz, or do you feel it was just a natural duty or progression knowing that this would be a part of your purpose and or assignment? Never, never. I mean, I'm going to say, yes, there was lots of pressure. Did I ever think this was a part of my duty and assignment? Never. Did I ever say, hey, you know what? This is what I want to do. Never. Mm. It's just something that happened. And, and, and that's why I think it's important that we focus on the things that we're passionate about, as opposed to things that's just going to make us money and help us pay the bills. You know, God gives us certain talents. Right. I'm happy that I'm so compassionate. I'm yes, happy ma'am. that I'm so loving. My mother showed me how to do that. My mother showed me how to care. And that was by her caring so much for her daughters and loving us. I mean, to the highest power. I'm so grateful that I had an opportunity to experience that in a yeah. mother and someone that I could call my best friend. I love my Ooh. mother so much. <laughs> you it's know, my mother, was, she was just amazing. She sent me flowers. She sent me, you know, clothes in a box. Come you know, on. Tell me, come downstairs when I, from a breakup and put a little, you know, pretty ring on my hand to let me know, you know, listen, you have to love yourself. You have to know yourself so that you are not waiting for someone else to determine your value, right? You have to already know it. And, and so I'm so grateful for those kinds of things that my mother gave me. So by the time I went to college, people mm. had these enormous expectations. They were so enormous. And, you know, I was raised like love, peace, joy, you know, mm-hmm. kind of person. Mm-hmm. And that was not who they thought 
Malcolm X was when I went to college. Now, when I was in high school, when I was, you know, going to summer camp, all that kind of stuff, it didn't matter, right? Because other people's parents also, you know, did great things. And so when I went to college, out of my mother's home, out of her protective wing, from underneath her protective wing, oh my gosh, people chased me all around campus. Are you Malcolm X's daughter? Why didn't you tell me? And I was like, oh my God. So I called my sister and, you know, I said, Atala, like, what am I supposed to do? Because this was a lot of pressure. And she said, you don't have to pass a test to be Malcolm X's daughter. You already are. And whomever you are is good enough. And that's something that we can use just in life. You already are. You already are. And these words are going to help someone that feel like they have to feel or do exactly like I know people whose parents are ministers, pastors as well. And they feel like they have to do that. Or if mom is a doctor, I better go to medical school, too. You know, but you are filling me up because you're talking about the impact and the impartation that your mother gave to you she built you to be or poured in you to be strong confident and like you said you already know who you are you already know your your father's daughter your mother's daughter is like does my dna did y'all check my birth certificate to even see (laughs) but the power in the statement you already are that's right and you know it doesn't happen just like that but when i look back Mm at my mother, right? Just really amazing woman with all that she had gone through as the wife of Malcolm X, the wife of a man who challenged a government that was historically unjust to its own people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That she was still so kind, loving. And what she did is she made sure that her six daughters- Come on, tell it six, y'all, six. Six daughters. And let me tell you, my father was like, like almost six five, six foot five. My mm-hmm. father was very tall. My mm-hmm. mother was tall. She was like five, five nine. And they had six tall, opinionated daughters. Yes. And, you know, my mother made sure that we learned about the significant contributions that women made to the world the significant contributions that Islam made to the world and the significant contributions that people of the African diaspora, people of first world lands, people of, you know, indigenous people made to the world. So we grew up with a really solid sense of ourselves. Mm. Our identity was intact. And I think that is extremely important. You know, when we look at our education you know, curriculum, look at, look at what our children are learning. They're not learning anything good about themselves. Right. And, and, and so Mm. I might be jumping ahead a bit, but, you know, when we think of slavery, for example, Mm -hmm. right now think about just the generational trauma to live like that your entire life, right. That your entire life. And so, Ooh. Do you feel we are seeing that generational trauma play out more in this generation? It shouldn't be more in this generation. I think that it was more in the previous generations. Okay. 
you know, because today, look at this, look at these marches, the protests and the demonstrations that happened. People went to the streets. Yes. They, and they organized in 50 states and, and the U.S. and 18 countries abroad. You know, people, black, white, red, green, purple, African, um, Asian, I mean, everyone, mm-hmm. everyone. And it was all about humanity. Mm-hmm. Yes, they said black lives matter. Mm-hmm. Right. Because now we're because of we're isolating ourselves, quarantine, global pandemic, we're forced to watch these, you know, brutal killings of innocent people. So, mm. you know, there's just so, so many directions we could take this. Right? There's so, so many directions we can take this, because now I'm wondering, since you're we are talking about the movement of Black Lives Matter, do you think had it not been for the work and legacy of your father and mother, would we be here today? Or would we have been empowered to speak up as we do now? Would you have been as empowered? That's right. You know, as an educator. Right. It's funny that you say that because that's what my father did for us. You know, he gave us shock treatment, right? He let us know, look, if someone is doing these horrific things to your wives, to your children, if they're blowing up churches and your children are dying, what are you going to do? You're nothing but a chump, right? Mm. That, was, that was like shock treatment so that we can say, oh, we, we do have the freedom to protect our families. Yes. We do have the freedom to do these things. So... I think that it was good. I mean, I, you know, listen, my father is quoted 53.7 thousand times per hour in social media. Yes. Right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is the clearest evidence that young people want to know the truth about Malcolm X. Right. They yes, want to know the truth about Malcolm X. They're looking for leaders who are wise and who speak truth. And we know Malcolm spoke truth and truth is time. Sure did. He sure did. I mean, when you talk about the knife that's put in nine inches and whether you pull it out six inches, it's still a wound. Let's still address the wound, whether you keep it in there or pull it. It's still a wound. Let's address that. Right. You know, so my father said, if you if you take a knife and you put it in my back nine inches and you only pull it out six inches, the knife is still in my back. Come on. That's what I was getting to. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. The knife is still in my back. So let's pull the knife all the way out mm-hmm. and address the wound that's that left made. Because look at what happened and how long slavery lasted. And if we're going to control the narrative, then we can say, instead of slaves, you know, are our ancestors, how about we say, had it not been for those refined and industrious African and indigenous people? who cultivated this land and turned it into a land of milk and honey, no one would have the opportunity to call the United States of America leader of the free world, our home. Mm -hmm. And so that's what happens when we control our narrative and not think that we can sit back and let someone else control it for us. Yeah. And I feel like the only way we can control our narrative is to get educated about it. 
Let's get educated about it first. And then I think for us, I know we tell other races, specifically white people, don't just gloss over our wounds and just don't say things like, I don't see color. We're all unit. We're all let's come united. No, we can't gloss over our wounds because let's really see what slavery did to us. Let's see what it did. Let's recognize what it did. I think it's the way to get over a loss or trauma done to you. There are certain steps that you have to do to in order to do so. And one of those things is definitely acknowledging, accepting and say, OK, I'm facing it. OK, what are the steps now that I need to do to move forward and heal? Yes, that's right. And if we want to take it a step further. Come on, like help us. Baldwin said, Come on. Yeah. Don't examine me. Let's examine you. What is it about you that had to turn me into a slave in the manner that you did? What is it about you that had to turn me into a criminal in the manner that you did? So it's not, you know, looking at us. It's looking at them. What if black people weren't forced to change? What if white people were forced to change? Because we are always making the adjustment. We've yeah. had to always make an adjustment. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Got it. And, and, and listen, you know, I hate to say this, but I've got white friends, <laughs> you know, so it's not this thing where, you know, all white people are one way, all black people are one way. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about the system, right? Yeah. Systemically, the people that we've seen in our White House, you know, the, the insurrectionists. Is that what, it is, what they're called? The insurrectionists? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, come on. Th- this kind of mentality exists. So let's not look at us. Let's look at you and, and why, you know, what mm-hmm. is it that causes you to do these kinds of things? And knowing that you can get away with it or you can do the same thing. And then when we have an uprising, just a march, we're called thugs. We didn't brush the Capitol building. I don't even know if it was ever a thought because we know what would have happened to us. It had been bloodshed everywhere. The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough. But these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? 
Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that could become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. Please forgive me because it's like I I feel, you know, when your parents say to respect your elders or and great people that have gone before you, I feel like I'm not even supposed to just be saying, how do you feel your father, Malcolm X? I feel like I'm supposed to put a handle in front of that. But how do you think he would have responded today? I feel like you're doing it for him. Well, you know, but how would he would have responded personally? I, th- I think that's why so many people, 53.7 thousand people turn to Malcolm X. Because now they're realizing what he had this profound reaction towards. You know, they're realizing that he didn't just walk around, you know, talking like this. He was reacting to something that was happening. And clearly what he was Mm -hmm. reacting to is the same thing that's happening today. And that is the reason why they, the, the reason that they turned to him. And my father said that it would be this generation of young leaders who would recognize that those in power have misused power and demand change and that they're willing to do the necessary work yeah. to ensure that this change happens. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He was prophetic in that sense. Yes. For sure. Yeah. And you know, he was so young. Michelle, he was gunned down at 39. So when the world learned about him, he was in his late twenties, you know? So that was a very young man. And, and people say, oh, he changed. He, he evolved. Yeah. He continually evolved. As he should he have. Mm-hmm. A reader. He, he read everything, more books than I can ever even, you know, think about reading. Um, but he read consistently. Mm. He read consistently. And, and so that is what my new book the Awakening of Malcolm X. Yes, yes. I know I'm all over the place. I'm- no, it's okay because there <laughs> is there y'all. There is a flow, and y'all, I do know that this book came out, and we are to talk about this book. But I just please forgive me if I didn't get to it sooner. Because, yes, I do have questions about the awakening of Malcolm X and definitely wanting to know the moments of your own discovery that you had of writing it. Well, um, you know, I teach at John Jay College of Criminal Justice in New York City, and I have this uh, these stats. We all know that because of Ava DuVernay's 13, you know, all of the work that she's done on criminal justice. Mm-hmm. But we know that there are three million people in our nation's prison today. And while only 32% of our United States population are people of color, 56% of the incarcerated population 
are people of color. Now, what on earth is happening, right? And in 2012, the United States spent 81 billion taxpayer dollars on correctional facilities, not education, not after school programs, Mm -hmm. not even on books or anything in this correction facility, but we're just talking about places to house all of these human bodies. And since 1970, the incarcerated population has increased by 700%. Mm. And this is what's happening to our young people. And so when I thought about my father, I know when he stepped foot the first time, he was a young adolescent also, that he must have been horrified. You know, and we never think about the humanity of of these prisoners, of these Mm. inmates. And so it was an opportunity to also look at the humanity. You know, a lot of these young people or elders were in the wrong place, in the right place at the wrong time and held in these Mm. horrific conditions that that aren't made for human survival. Yes, ma'am. You know, and so I discovered so many great things about my father that he was the star debater, you know, at the colony and that he uh, studied the dictionary, not so that he could learn how to write or learn how to read, but so that he could know the etymology, the root words, the origin of these words. So when asked about a, a particular topic, he could understand the words that were being used. And so, you know, there are a lot of great things that I discovered about my father that for me was just so wonderful and beautiful to show that he was already a smart young man. All the things that we saw Malcolm yeah. as an, an adult, that he was a lot of those things already while, he, while in his youth because of his parents. What about your own personal discoveries where you're like, oh, wow, no wonder why I like to read this because my father read this or I'm sure there have been years of discovery personally. Was there anything new within you? Not what you discovered about him, but anything you discovered about you in writing it and compiling, you know, things. You know, my father was just so compassionate and, you know, seeing that, you know, during COVID, we didn't know if we were going to live. We didn't know like, what is this? What is going to happen? When is it going to come under my door? When is it going to be my time to go? Right. So here we are questioning our mortality. And I remember there was this um, gentleman from California who was a film, you know, a a film director. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about doing this film. And there was another gentleman in Japan who was a biographer. And he was doing a biography on the same time period. So the three of us were on this phone call and we were all talking about um, my father during this time period, this period of his Mm -hmm. life. And I was just like, you know, epiphany, you guys, we're going to live because there's no coincidence that each of us is working on, you know, this information of my father's life during this time period. And the gentleman in Japan had all of this amazing information. He had the files from someone else because my father's files somehow just are, you know, were missing. Right. Mm. 
But in someone else's files, he found poetry that my father wrote. He found a Quran, you know, that my father referenced. And, and so it was just a lot of these really wonderful things. I know that I always, you know, one thing that I can never unforget is um, to be or not to be, whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune or to take arms against the sea of troubles by opposing Edna. Mm. I, I know that that monologue, soliloquy, and I learned it in high school, but I learned so many other things in high school. But it's yeah. something about that, you know, that speaks to the urgency of participating in injustice, right? To be or not to be. You're going to be a part of the problem or you're going to be a part of the solution. And that's it. That's it. And so it just always resonated with me. And so, of course, when I got a little older, my father's speech that he did at Oxford, the debate, he, he ends it with that beautiful, you know, Shakespeare excerpt. And so I just always thought that that was really wonderful. And that's always been one of my father's favorite speeches. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. A few moments ago, it seemed like you were getting a little emotional and choked up there. I saw some other interviews of you, especially when you were talking about the Netflix um, documentary, um, Who Killed Malcolm X? I noticed a time or two where you got emotional for sure. And obviously that is okay. What do you do in moments? Do you just let it go? How do you take care of you in moments like that? Well, you know, this is my office and not really great photographs of my mother, of my father, and of people who were close to my parents, Ozzy mm, Davis, yeah. um, Maya Angelou, Auntie Coretta, yes. Dorothy Heights. Y'all, you know, she gets to say, no, she, y'all, is she for real? She gets to say Auntie Coretta. We just say Mrs. She gets to say Auntie. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, <laughs> listen, y'all, y'all, young people, we got to up our circle, okay? <laughs> Shay Shay, all right, but Auntie Coretta, yeah, she was amazing. And so I just come to my office sometimes, and you know, and I'm just, you know, grateful that I had them in my life. When I think about our ancestors, just grateful, you know, that they did all that they did for us. You know, when we think about our ancestors on the continent, you know, scholars, scientists, astronomers, farmers, you know, I'm just grateful. And so, um, and I take that time to go inside of me and I know that I'm okay. And grateful to my mother Mm -hmm. and grateful to my father and just grateful, you know, lots of gratitude. I don't know. I even feel it through this phone call that you definitely have their presence surrounding you, protecting you, loving you. And that that is the place where you can go when you probably feel overwhelmed. My podcast checking in, the foundation of it was about mental health and just wanting to know your thoughts on self-care and your mental health. I know you have a safe place where you can go, even if it's in just places of your office. Um, What are your thoughts on the state of mental health today? Gosh, I think it's so important to have a therapist, to have someone that you can go to with, you know, with all of your thoughts, with the challenges that you have, 
you know, even when you have dreams, right? I think that it's important to have someone that you can release and share the thoughts that you have. Mm. And especially looking at all of what we experience, things that we don't understand. Yeah. You know, I think it's absolutely important. I had a therapist and whenever I felt a little overwhelmed, I would always reach out and say, can I come and see you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, and, and so, yeah, absolutely. I think it's extremely important. The documentary Who Killed Malcolm X? I don't know if uh, has an investigation be, been reopened since it's aired. And then what do you do if you have anger or confusion? What do you do? What does Ilyasa do? Anger or confusion? Uh, I don't know that I... Okay, anger or com- confusion... Because there's a lot. There is... <laughs> when I tell y'all, if y'all can see my hands, because it's like, it's stuff going to the east, to the west. Uh, I mean, it's the documentary. Is There's a lot. So it's a lot of theories. There's a lot of intelligent perspectives. There's, it could be this, it could be that. Gotta invoke some confusion. Right. And then I think, you know, that's where you have to find your, your own balance. I know mm. when I found myself in a, ver- a, a, in a difficult space, my mother had passed away mm-hmm. and there were a lot of um, interviews and things. And, you know, I had never, um, I didn't live my life in that manner. I didn't open myself up to be, you know, critiqued on you know, mm-hmm. such a larger um, scale. And I remember go, traveling to the South. You know, I was trying to think like, where am I gonna go and get fortified? How am I gonna fortify my village? And the only thing I could think of was go to the South, drive to the South and get the ancestors spirit, you know, go and see, Mm -hmm. you know, where they spent all of this time, you know, things like that. My thing is how, however I find myself in a tight space that I know my ancestors were in a tighter space and yet Mm -hmm. they thrived. And so I just, you know, call on my ancestors, get that love, get that strength and feel the shield and, you know, and I'm okay. Because it is in us. It is yeah. in you. It's literally in your blood. Literally. It's literally in your DNA <laughs> to keep going. But even those of us that are deemed strong, sometimes it can feel overwhelming. Sometimes it's like, I don't know about you, but there are many times I said, you know what? I'm going to go work at AutoZone. I feel like I'm more well-versed in selling windshield wiper fluid. Now, I know that's not my destiny, purpose, and calling. And I know that's just fatigue speaking. <laughs> or, I hear you completely. Right. You know? But you're just like, listen, I, you know, I don't need all that other stuff. Yeah. I completely understand. And I'm sure your, your uh, listeners also understand. Yeah. But of course, when we see you and we hear your voice, we're like, oh, no, Michelle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then your tribe is going to remind you no right. I mean to whom much is given definitely much is required oh no to continue carrying this legacy 
you have to do what you have to do to, I'm not even going to say eliminate fatigue because that's part of just being natural. Sometimes you get tired, you know, and, but some people do get tired to the point of they want to give up and they actually do give up. And it's like, there are more people counting on you to keep going and counting on your yes to say, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. But you know, when I look at my father's life, for me, this is not the end all be all. We are here for a very short time. And then we go to the next place. Mm -hmm. But we have to make sure while we're here, we do what's necessary. That's why it's important that what's your value system? Who are you? Do you like yourself? You know, Mm. are you willing to compromise to have friends? You know, like, so it's really knowing who you are and knowing what your values are and not compromising for the sake of having someone or something in your life. And that could eliminate the fatigue and the wanting to give up. Because I don't know why you're saying that something just came on me and was like, how dare you? Okay, you're tired. Take a 10 minute nap. Get up out there. Get back in. the. Don't you sit out because you're tired. How dare you when you think of Malcolm X, when you think of Miss Betty Shabazz, when you even think of when you said Auntie Coretta, of course, we're going to think of Martin Luther King Jr. You know, and that just lets me know. It just warmed my heart when you called her Auntie Coretta because I wanted to know along with Martin Luther King, has there been any movements in creating a national holiday for your father, Malcolm X? Um, You know, yes. And people keep asking and talking about it. And um, I really would not be surprised by it happening. And I think that when we understand that we're talking about people, right? When we talk about the government, that's a body of people. When we talk about the, the you know, police departments, that's a body of people. And so new people come. Mm. This body of people can be better informed, right? There are 8 billion, 600 million people in the world. 80% are people of color. And so just imagine if we had more faith and we were better informed, better educated, these are things that we can accomplish. Yeah. If we think that change can't happen, then that means we're not willing to do the work. Ooh. Right? It means we're not willing to do the work. But there was something else that you said that I wanted to comment on. I think about our ancestors that even when we go back to the continent, right, before mm-hmm. slavery existed, mm-hmm. or even here in this country before slavery existed, because we know that Black people, people of color, Um, were thriving here and they were thriving on the continent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. When we look at the history prior to Christopher Columbus, we see that this is what life was about. Scholarship, right? Wisdom and, and, and the universal spirit. And so it was about giving back, doing something in your community and your society before you passed on to the next place. And when you did pass away it was a celebration because Mm -hmm. you were going to the next place Mm -hmm. because you lived your life the way you were supposed to so it's like these kinds of values which sounds kind of corny but they're real 
And at the end of our day, when we're on our deathbeds, because it's inevitable that that's going to happen. Yeah. What do people usually talk about? And so those are the kinds of things that, you know, you make sure that they're intact for yourself while you're young. Yes. The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year? Their year. These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more, connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and an Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T, connecting changes everything. Limited time offer requires 0% APR, 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. She has said so much that's just made me literally flail back in my seat. I hope y'all are taking in this wisdom. I don't see her doing this often. And I am definitely appreciative of your time. The words of your father have changed so many lives as we can speak of so many people, regardless of what some person's beliefs are and religious beliefs are. I know they were some change in my household because of the words of your father. What is something that you can say to my listeners in the community that can leave us with inspiration and hope right now in this difficult time? I, th- I have a twofold but just any words of hope and inspiration. Hmm. Hope and inspiration. Well, let's see. You know, there is a multiracial movement that's driving our nation towards a more civilized space. Multiracial, multigender, just, uh, you know, humans. A synthetic identity is being born. 
And we want to get on that train. Our society is moving forward. Bigotry and all its ugly hate is losing. And a new era has yet to divine itself. And I think the lesson for our young people especially is that cheaters lose, moral character wins. And that black power, women power is not exclusionary. It simply says, we're coming to the table. Yeah. And I saw some one quote that said, I don't want to see I'm taking the table or something to that effect. Mm. And I think that's what the new generation, you know, is saying, look, you know, I am here. And if you don't see me, I will make sure you you understand and you recognize, you know, all of what I should be participating. Yeah. I should have as well. Yeah. Well, there are so many because I've heard people say the seat. Like, I brought the table. What are you talking right. about? <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. I'm just sitting just here listening to you. And I am intrigued of your belief, how big your belief is. And when I say your belief, because we have to definitely increase our level of belief. Walk in something every day. What you declare will happen. Okay. Bring me into your just a few seconds of how you believe and how you believe big. Because I know you believe big, Ilyasa. And, you know, I believe big because of how I was raised. Mm. And the reason that I do the work that I do is because I'm, I'm so grateful that my education was intact. And I had said something like, we need a better education so that we understand that African-American history is American history. And if the terrorism of slavery and the subsequent massacres in Black Wall Street and Tulsa, Oklahoma and Rosewood, Florida, for example, Mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. taught in high school U.S. history classes to be as American as the Boston Tea Party, then we would understand that our education is then based on historical truths. Right. Yes. And more citizens would understand the necessity for reparation. And we would have the opportunity to teach our children truth and human compassion. And if in world history, the truth that Africa is the cradle of the most advanced civilization that ever existed in mankind, then Americans would appreciate the complexity mm-hmm. of Black civilizations Mm -hmm. and understand that this is where all of human life began. And so it's important that we know these things about ourselves. Okay. Right? It's about humanity. Yeah. And and, and I would um, think that not only our young people, but our parents, right? These smart, forward thinking adults, we want to make sure that our young people are learning truth historical facts, Facts. compassion, love, self-love, you know, all of these things are extremely important. Thank you so much. Self-love. Self-love. We hear your strength. We know your legacy. We know where you come from. Give us one practical, because some of us are nosy. (laughs) Give us one smidget of what you do in your day for self-love. What do I do for self-love? Okay, but this is just corny. Um, you know, I work out. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And she looks uh, good oh, with a T. <laughs> good. Good. <laughs> Look at you. 
absolutely beautiful, gorgeous as ever, and you sing. Oh, listen, listen, listen. <laughs> All I know is you gave me hope, not hope and inspiration. Get a physical dictionary, y'all. Put it alongside the rest of the books that you read. Because now when you're talking about the dictionaries and the poetry um, that you and your father have read and everything that you can quote. First of all, it's come from years of reading, um, years of learning. Learning um, definitely should. That's got to be part of self-love. How about that? But something in your day. Like, okay, for me today, I made a grilled cheese sandwich. Yes, I got the skillet out. (laughs) I know. I made a grilled cheese with butter. <laughs> not not fancy margarine. I know butter. My uncle's a physician. He told us we we should be using real butter. So that's thanks, right. Uncle. Real yeah. butter. So that's what I did today. For it some, delicious. Just it was so good. But I know self care is more than going to the spa. And I know self care is what you feed yourself, even what you say to yourself, who's in your environment, and what you're meditating on. But if you care to share, what is something that you do? For I actually talk to my parents. I, I talk to my you know, parents. I talk to God. I talk to my ancestors when I need, you know, support. I'm like, I mean, where else can you go? Where else can you really get that you where know, you can God. trust? You can trust those areas <laughs> that you just mentioned. OK, yeah. although that's safe and a trusted and true place where you go. But I was like, does she eat ice cream sandwiches? Well, you know what I make? I make, and I I couldn't wait to have it because it also gives you a burst of energy. I make, um, in my Vita um, thing. Mm -hmm. Vita mix or the blender. Yeah, Mm -hmm. whatever Mm -hmm. that thing is called, Mm -hmm. I forgot. Mm -hmm. I put organic mango. I cut up the mango. I cut up Mm. either grapes or kiwi, all organic, and a banana. And people, you know, it's not, you know, it's natural sugar. Right. It gives you a burst of energy. And it's also it's good for you. It is good for you. You named everything. Yeah, it's delicious. That's good. Yes. It is so good. <laughs> I love all those fruits you name and the banana gives it the right amount of sweetness because people be sleeping on bananas. But you put a banana in spinach or kale, it's going to give you the nice amount of sweetness. Y'all, my cookbook's going to come out in about eight years as well. No, I'm just playing. Just, <laughs> just playing. Just playing. You have been a light, an absolute joy. This is such a special podcast and I am excited. Now I'm going to talk to Alex and find an address. I'm going to send a paid postage. Um, I'm wondering if you will sign my book, The Awakening of Malcolm X, and you'll sign it for me and send it right on back. Y'all heard that, right? She's uh, the world heard it. (laughs) (laughs) Anything for you. You know, I want to share this, something that my father wrote. He said, that black musician, he picks up his horn and starts blowing some sounds that he never thought of before. He improvises, he creates it, it comes from within. It's his soul, it's that soul music. Mm. It's the only area on the American scene where the black man has been free to create and he has mastered it. He has shown that he can come up with something nobody ever thought of on his horn. Well, likewise, he can do the same thing if given intellectual independence. He can come up with a new philosophy. He can invent a society, a social system 
that is different from anything that exists or has ever existed. And, you know, God bless him. But what he's saying is, whatever it is any one of us want to accomplish, we can. Because for so long, we've been living with these restrictions, you know, discrimination, limited, right? We've been living in, in, in a box, you know, we can't go here, we can't do that. And so when it came to music, no one could say to us, no, you can't blow the horn that way. No, you can't have this kind of feeling. Oh no, you better hold back on, you know, so we were able to just be ourselves with this horn. And so now that we understand we are no longer uh, enslaved, right? Yeah. And we, we're no longer brainwashed, we are free to exist right? This multiracial kind of society that, yeah. that is driving our na nation forward now, that we can accomplish whatever we believe we can. And so that I think is extremely important. Mm. We are free to create. We are free to be. We are free to live. We are free to learn. We are free to love. So if y'all are listening, write that down. As she was reading that, I closed my eyes to take it all in and just in envisioning everything that I am free to do. And a lot of things that we are free to do is because of the words and the life of Malcolm X. Ilyasa, thank you so much for being with me today. It has been such a pleasure. I have to tell you, I really enjoyed this. And I was actually looking forward to this. Um, when, when Alex first asked me, you know, do you want to do um, Michelle Williams' podcast? I said, absolutely, you know, because I knew it wasn't going to be anything really heavy, but, you know, that we could just communicate with one another and, and fellowship and, absolutely. Um, and fortify our village. Absolutely. Um, where can we follow you? And y'all have to get the book, The Awakening of Malcolm X. It is new. You've got to get it. It's powerful. I've got the iBook or eBook or whatever you want to call it as well. But that physical book should be getting to you as soon as we get that address of where to get it to. Where can we find you and or what's next? Oh, well, I am on social media. I'm at Ilyasa Shabazz. And you don't have to send me a book. I'll send you. Alex will give me your information or I'll send it to Alex or however, you know, we're going to send it. And I'll just send you the book. It would be I'm so honored to do that. Well, I won't get in the way of you getting your blessing. Um, <laughs> but listen, I agree. I I uh, believe in supporting people. I mean, New York Times bestselling authors. I, I really uh, believe in supporting and supporting with my with the coinage. OK, that is clicking that add to cart. That's clicking the checkout button and putting your form of payment in that in that line so but thank you thank you so much either way i know we will be in communication once again i appreciate you Lyasa, for coming on and for checking in thank you You 
guys have done um, a few podcasts lately, but none have had my palms sweating, my feet sweating. I had royalty that I just spoke to. I am truly overwhelmed, truly blessed, truly strengthened, enlightened. I feel smarter. Don't y'all feel a little smarter as well? That's why it's so important to have somebody in your crew or somebody that you can talk to monthly, twice a month that heightens your level of awareness, that heightens your level of knowledge of and what you think you already know. And to also go outside of what you think you should learn and know. And when I told her earlier, um, my father would be so proud of this interview because all he wanted for us was to learn about people, different religions, different beliefs, and how at the end of the day, we're all the same. I grew up in a very, well, in a Pentecostal background, and we weren't necessarily taught to read other books outside. Let me take that back. We were taught to read other books, but as far as religious, you know, not necessarily books outside of the Bible, but I know for a fact, uh, my dad would be proud of this interview. And that part where she begins to read about her, uh, something that her father wrote, something said, close your eyes, take it in. And when he's like music, that was the only thing we had. That was the only thing that we were free to create. But now we have so much other freedoms. We have freedom to learn. We have freedom to love. We still have the freedom to create. But let's really take in and take advantage of the freedom to learn and the freedom of love. I am just absolutely blown away and just taken aback by this amazing, beautiful conversation. She's so grounded and just absolutely amazing. I pray y'all enjoy, have enjoyed this episode as much as I did recording it. Thank you for checking in with Michelle Williams. Checking in with Michelle Williams is a production of iHeartRadio and The Black Effect. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, 
Real sweat, blood, and tears. Real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. The following is a high-five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won! Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing High Five Casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Whoa! <laughs> I won again! I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your High Five moment today? Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino.